This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. In the first six broadcasts of Pastor Ray's powerful series entitled Miracles, Signs, and Wonders, listeners are introduced to what's commonly called the Church of the Book of Acts. In that church of early believers, now called Christians, and led by the apostles immediately following Pentecost and the arrival of the baptism with the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs, and wonders were recorded daily. Pastor proclaims this was the birth of the New Testament church and meant to be an example for future generations of churches to follow. Yet miracles, signs, and wonders are clearly not the norm in most modern-day churches. Boldly, Pastor declares that in order for God to show the world who He is and that He will do what He says He will do, the church needs miracles, signs, and wonders. Here's what today's churches must do in rising up and standing firm in that miracle power God has given us to use. If there's going to be miracle signs and wonders, there has to be great love one for the other. Love is the basis upon which miracles and signs and wonders in a house of miracles will be built. If there isn't love, there will be no demonstration. Because Jesus said, all men will know you are my disciples by the love that you, not by the signs and the wonders, but by the love that you have for one another. And that's why we need to be lovers of one another. We need to learn to love one another, get along with one another and put down our differences and pick up the things that, that we appreciate about one another, our gifts and, 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 and the good. We all, listen, let me tell you what, every single person you will ever come across in your life is going to have a bristly side, an unlovable side. I haven't met a person yet that I haven't found things that I love about them and things I don't like about them. I'm being honest. Yeah, even about some of you. I, I, mean, you, I love you, but there's some things I don't love about you. Just like there are things you love about me and probably some things you don't love about me. Why are you laughing back there? <laughs> Who's laughing? You're really, you got a real cackle out of that one. <laughs> but it's the truth. Amen? It's the truth. But we have to learn to put our differences down in love. If we're going to see miracle signs, well, like the book of Acts, then we've got to follow the pattern. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship. See, you're never going to be part. Listen, oh, so much to say. We got to straighten out the church, man. We got to do some Holy Ghost chiropractic on the body of Christ because there are things that are out of whack. And that's why, you see, that's why things aren't flowing right. Because things are out of whack. We got to get things back in, in alignment if we're going to see flow and everything's going to work. But you see, this love thing, fellowship, um, if, you don't, if you don't fellowship with other believers, if you're not fellowshipping one with the other, and, and you're just fellowshipping out in the world with the people you work with that are not even believers, 
Let me tell you, get ready. You know, you're going to become just like them. And the more you fellowship with them, the more they're going to draw you further away from, from the unity of the body. And you're going to find yourself one of those kind of people that just pop into church when it's convenient and pop out when it's not. You're going to find yourself being one of those kind of people that, you know, just looking for something to get offended about. If we want to see signs and wonders and miracles and we want to build the book of Acts kind of church, then you have to see right there they continued steadfastly, faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, they heard the word and they did something about it. They didn't just hear it and say, thank you, you know, went out the ear. Or they only listened to the messages. (laughs) They only listened to the messages that made them feel good. Well, teach me to prosper. I need more money. Help me, pastor, get more money. Help me, pastor, get this or get that. I want a new house. I want a new car. Um, You know, uh, excuse me. I love preaching those kind of messages, and I believe in that just as much as anybody else believes that. But I'm going to tell you something right from the get-go. It's the messages that we don't want to hear. Those are the messages that we need to hear the most. The reason why we don't want to hear them is because sometimes they convict us. And it's conviction that God is trying to bring upon our hearts to correct us. That's what conviction is for, to bring a correction. Conviction brings correction so that everything can get back in alignment. So if we're going to see the signs and wonders and miracles, then we have to be, if we're going to see a revival, everyone's going, I want to see a revival. I want to see, you, see, you have to travel anywhere, have a revival. You could have a revival right in your own church. You ought to have a revival right in your own church. But, but if we're not praying and we're not in unity and we're not loving one another and we're not focused on the things of God and we're, we're all over the place, how are we going to see it? We only come to, see, that's why I'm, so much to preach. I have so much to preach. I, got so much, I never think I have much to say, but I have a lot of, but this, this you see, in, in the world today, in the body of Christ, there are a lot of churches being raised up. And I'm not criticizing anybody's church. I'm not criticizing a man of God. I'm not criticizing. I'm criticizing something that I see as a potential danger to the body of Christ. And I, as a man of God, as a shepherd, under shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ, have a responsibility to make you wise to it so that you are not sucked into it. But there is a church in America that's being raised up that just tells you all the good stuff. It's not even church anymore. It's more like, um, like a seminar. It's more like a motivational seminar. Just motivate me. Everything's going to be fine. God bless you. Hallelujah. Just go and float with God. Meanwhile, I'm I'm living like the devil. I've got sin in my life. I've got all kinds of things going on in my life that are against God and his holy word. And, And yet I just have to go once a week to get my inoculation of some sort of sleeping potion. So that I can be just under the ether enough to get through the week without feeling the pain of sin. So sometimes we've got to speak the truth. I want to see the outpourings of God. I want to see the miracles of God. I want to see the demonstrations of God. But I know that God is only going to do it through a prepared, holy, dedicated, unified church. It's not going to happen any other way not going to happen and it's going to take all of us who call ourselves members of this body in particular to see what we're called to so 
He said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread. That means they ate together. What happened to those days? I, I remember way back 25 years ago, we used to go over, you know, to each other's houses and we used to break bread and have fellowship and, and just sit around and talk about God. Talk about what God was doing, what God was speaking to my heart and your heart. What happened to those days? We need to open up our homes. Invite. Some people come to church and this, this, this I never got this one. Say, Nobody loves me. Nobody reached out to me. Well, listen, if you saw what you look like when you sit in church, unapproachable, you look like a sourpuss. People are afraid to come up to you and, and say hello because they're afraid they're going to get slapped. They're going to get rejected. I, I mean, you know, I can't, when people say that, I, I get, listen, if you want to be loved, then give out love. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. Reach out and touch someone else and you'd be surprised how they'll reach out and touch you. Nobody invited me to their house. Nobody. Well, when was the last time you opened your doors and invited someone to your house? They fellowshiped. They fellowshiped. They enjoyed each other's company. Listen, listen to how this, and it says in verse 43, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Fear came to five. Why? Because, because the, the world, the outsiders, saw this body of this cohesive, united, purpose-driven, focused group of people that became to everyone outside fearful. They fear, Listen, I'm not going to be happy until the community begins to get a whole... Now, when that word fear doesn't mean they were in terror or fright of these people. There was holy respect for them and what they were doing. Man, I'm going to tell you what, if, if we do not demand holy respect from the community around us, we are falling short of what God has called us to do. The people around this community ought to look to this church with holy awe and holy respect because they, are, they recognize and they hear the things that God is doing in this. They see how we love each other. They see how there's no division or unity. They walk in these doors and they see people of all different backgrounds, all different nationalities, all different colors, all different races, all together loving Jesus and loving one another. Man, I'm going to tell you what, holy fear is going to fall around. How can that be? How can the rich, the very rich, fellowship with the very poor how do the people on this side of that live in these big homes fellowship and open their doors to people who come from this side in these in, in apartments how do the how do the highly educated fellowship with those who barely have an education or no education at all man i'm going to tell you what holy fear is going to come because their minds are going to be just racked with confusion how did this i don't we don't understand holy fear comes upon them the only the only thing they can do is look up to heaven and say there must be a god there must be a god in heaven because this doesn't happen in the world in the world there's division in the world there's separation in the world there's hatred in the world there's competition in the world there's there's all this kind of stuff going on but not in the church not in the holy living breathing church of the lord jesus christ here people are fellowshipping, ought to be, ought to be 
fellowshipping with one another. And it says, fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Let me tell you what, you you may disagree with me, but I, I am convinced thoroughly that verse 42 or verse 43 came about as a result of verse 42. Gave themselves to the teaching, to the learning of the word and the fellowship and the breaking of bread in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul. Then we see Peter and John praying, going up to the temple. This lame man lying there having this need. I'm going to tell you what, if we can't help one another and love one another, how are we going to love the lame man that we don't even know who's asking something of us? How are we going to, how are we going to have anything to give to the unlovely? You know, how are we going to give it to anyone who's hurting, who's down and out? How are we going to give anything to them if we don't know how to love one another? And we're not fellowshipping with one another and we're not a cohesive, strong, bonded group of people. How are we going to be, how are we going to present ourselves to, to the hurting, dying world that's out there? Peter and John were able to cause this miracle to happen in the life because I'm going to tell you what, because when Peter and John went before that, that lame man, it wasn't only Peter and John. It was the Lord Jesus Christ and it was the strength of the body that they were connected with that gave them the boldness to stand before an impossibility and say, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. You're never going to get anywhere being an island unto yourself. You're going to be weak, divided, unproductive, and going to get nothing done. This was a cohesive group. This was a, a unified group of people that were strong and passionate about God and about each other says so Peter said you know in the name of Jesus Christ not only did they have the power but they understood the authority to use that power to exercise that power it didn't come in his name see I, I take issue I think can I I'm not getting anywhere where I wanted to get to tonight, but that's okay. We have a lot more Thursday nights to get to where I want to get to. But, but I take issue with people who come in their own name. Now, please, please forgive me. This is just my personal, my personal thing. Uh, you know, I just don't like to see men's names up in lights. I like to see the name of Jesus up in lights. I like to see the word of God up in lights. These, 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 these men did not come in their own name. They came in the name of Jesus because they understood that the power was not their power. The authority was not their authority. It was in Jesus Christ. That's why I take issue in the body of Christ with everyone who's looking to be something. Don't try to be anything. Just be a servant. Someone once said to me, well, you know, what, what is your gift? Are you an apostle? Are you a prophet? Are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor? You know, what, what do you think God is? What, what do you think your gift is? <laughs> My gift is anything God wants me to be or needs me to be when he needs me to be it. Other than that, I'm just good old me. That's it. I'm just a servant. I just want to serve God. And if he needs me to be a prophet, I'll be a prophet for a moment. right when it's time to prophesy I'll prophesy if he needs the voice of a prophet he can work through me if he needs he needs a teacher I'll teach I mean every time I come out to preach is what is it today is it prophet is it teacher is it evangelist what is it Lord 
Help me. Sometimes I don't even know. It's out of open my mouth and you decide what it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. They didn't come in their own name. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I'm going to tell you what, we got to get back to giving Jesus the glory and taking the glory away from man and putting Jesus back on the throne if we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles and demonstrations of God's power. Jesus needs to be back on the throne. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately a feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping and jumping, stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. God wants the world to see the miracles. Then they knew uh, that it was he who sat begging alms at the gate beautiful of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, you can read down. I don't have time to read all this, but go to verse 16. It says, and, and, well, actually, he says, um, uh, Peter speaks out here and he says, uh, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? Let me tell you why, folks, let's get out of the way so God can do it. We don't have to do the harangue to get God to work. We don't have to scr- scream, spit, holler, hoot you know, knock people over the head. We just have to get out of the way and let Jesus be Jesus. Then he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was uh, determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. Now listen to verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So we learned something. It is his name and faith in his name that brought forth the miracle of that day that will still bring forth the miracle of this day. That's why I love the verse that I keep quoting to you in the book of Philippians, that at the sound of the name of Jesus, I'm reading it out of a, a, you know, a paraphrased Bible version, but it's the same thing. At the sound of the name of Jesus, everything in the heavens, that means all heaven comes to attention. See, that's why, listen, I take offense when I hear people use the name of Jesus in vain. Last night, I went to see the fireworks here in White Plains. And I stretched out a blanket with my little nephews and my brother-in-law and my niece. And there were some young kids sitting to the left of us, teenagers, older teenagers. And a couple of words flew out of their mouth. And I was thinking to myself, one more word. I'm just listening. Uh, My brother-in-law probably wasn't paying attention because he never pays attention to me anyway. But (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, one more word and I'm going to turn around and say something. I'm biting my tongue as hard as I could. But it was like right there, I just want to turn around and just say, shut up. If you can't communicate in common language, don't use any language at all because you're just showing your ignorance. But I didn't. I was nice. Of course, there were a bunch of them. There's only one of me too. But (laughs) at this day and age, you don't know what. But praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then I just have to believe for the power of Samson to come on me. (laughs) Come on. We're going to knock down this temple of the devil. But I thought, man, I was getting, my blood was boiling because my little nephews are there. I don't want them hearing this language. Use your brains, man. You're in public. Shut up. It's bad enough you're smoking those cigarettes and blowing the smoke in my face. Now you're going to curse. 
like the devil? And I'm supposed to sit there and listen to you? It bothers me because they don't realize that they're using the name that at the sound of the name of Jesus, everything in the heavens comes to attention. Angels bow and drop to their knees at the sound of the name of Jesus. Everything on the earth comes to attention, whether you realize it or not, at the sound of the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible says that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Doesn't mean everyone's going to be saved, but everyone will confess and realize, come to the realization that he is who he said he is. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it says everything on the earth and everything beneath the earth. You know that hell even comes to attention at the sound of the name of Jesus because Jesus is Lord over all. I said all. He's even Lord over the devil. He's Lord over every fallen angel. He's Lord of every soul that's in hell. He is Lord of all, 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 all. That at the sound of the name of Jesus, everything in the heavenlies, on the earth, and in the, beneath the earth, even in the hellish region, everything comes to attention at the sound of the name of Jesus. Sickness comes to the attention of the sound of the name of Jesus. Bondages must be broken at the sound of the name of Jesus. You have to understand how powerful the name is. That's why it is the name that is above every name. Listen, when you begin to speak the name of Jesus with faith in the name, miracles are going to happen. Things are going to change. Things are going to turn around because you understand that the name, the power and the authority of the name. And now you put faith behind that. When you speak the name, you're not just saying, oh, Jesus. You're saying Jesus. All power and authority and might is invested in the name. When you start talking to sickness with the name of Jesus, sickness must obey must bow. Say sickness must bow. Disease must bow. Poverty must bow. Because the name is the name above all names. Everything must bow. So you have problems in your life, you you go back to the name of Jesus. Very simple. I'm going to finish right here. I know I preached too long, right? Goes back to the name. You may not know a fancy prayer. You may not know all the scriptures. Now you should learn how to pray and you should learn the scriptures but until you get there and even if you're there don't ever forget that you have the name that is above every name that at this listen when you're about to have a crash you're not going to have you don't have time to remember you know your three favorite scriptures and quote them exactly in the king james version when when you're at the brink of disaster you know all sometimes all you can do is rise up jesus That's it, man. Jesus. I hope this thing, stop this thing in the name, in the name of Jesus. Stop. Cease. I have time to remember any fancy prayer. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, Pastor Ray ny.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's pastorayny.com. 